This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. Let's stand together. We're going to read God's Word, Ephesians chapter 5. The reason we stand is to posture ourselves in a position of respect and listening. We believe this is His Word. We value it highly. Can we say amen to that? Ephesians 5, verse 5 through 16. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruits of light consist of all goodness and righteousness and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord, having nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is a way it is said. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want you to kind of see as we've been going through uh, this text, we've been taking little chunks of Ephesians chapter 4 and Ephesians now chapter 5 and over the summer, we've been going almost verse by verse, talking about the put on and the put off what it takes to live into this reconciled family. And I'm telling you, many people have felt the dredge of walking through the put on and put off. Even to the saints, we're talking too much about this. And the reality is, these things have been brought up and brought out through his word, and it's done something. It's turned the light on. It's done something. It's exposed. It's shown forth those things that we didn't want to come out. And here's how we have to remember this so that we run at a text like this. You don't want to just kind of parachute into a text. You want to run at it. Okay, so you get the momentum. So when you hit it, you're not you're not you're not just kind of parachuting in and not know what's going on. So let's run at this. In chapter one, God, Paul starts this this text singing a song. He starts the book with a song. We start our services with songs for that very reason. You come in and songs are inviting us to participate, not sit back and critique, not sit back and just listen. It, it invites us to worship. God, for who he is and for what he's done. And Paul just starts it with singing a song going, come on, just enter into this jam with me, right? Of who he is and what he's done. He doesn't try to break it down. He doesn't try to analyze it. He just sings it. All that God has done and all that has taken place, and because of sin, heaven and earth have been separated. 
Heaven and earth were one and all things were created in this perfect harmony and unity in God. And you would see kind of this perfect transition between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit creating all these things. And he would come and just kind of walk with them in the garden. It was one place, one reality. But because of sin, it was all separated. In chapter 1, he just sings, in Christ, all of that is going to be coming back together. Heaven and earth will be one. In Christ, he's doing this great work of reconciliation. Jesus is doing a work of reconciliation of all things. Can the church say amen? And then in chapter 2, he shows us that the primary way in which this happens is because of sin. We, I, have been separated from my Father. I've been separated from Him. And that He created us to be one with Him, a part of this perfect union and community, to be one with the Father, to walk with Him and commune with Him. But because of sin, we've been separated and we're dead in our trespasses and sins. But because of Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Because it's saying like you're preaching it, Jesus. Because of Jesus, we've been reconciled with God, we now who were far off have been brought near. In Jesus, we get to be brought back into united relationship with him. And then he goes, look, and there's more. That this gospel is bigger than just you and God. It's not less than, but it's definitely bigger than that. The work of reconciliation is far more than just you and him being in right standing. It is about us as his family. Chapters 3 and 4, he talks about how this father is so good that he's bringing all his children together and that they would be in perfect relationship with him and that we as his people, as his family, are brought back together in one perfect union. We are reconciled. And all the walls of hostility have been torn down and everything that could separate us has been broken and paid for and demolished. And we've been reconciled with him and each other. Reconciliation is a work of Jesus. And for those of us who believe in him, who trust in him, we are brought into that work. We get to work with daddy. We get to go to work at reconciliation. And we get to strive with him in this reconciling work. In chapter 4, he goes, do everything to work along and strive with him for unity. We're working with him. We're striving for living in to this reconciled reality because we are a new people. Can you say amen? A new creation. Old things have passed away. And all things have become new. And this is important for us because where he's going after all of this put on, put off, striving, he goes into this idea of light and darkness. Now this is important and what it's supposed to do when we talk about this new creation reality is it's supposed to remind us of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 opens up with saying, in the beginning, God, acknowledging who the main character, who the star is, it's God, it's not us. 
It's all about him. It's not about us. Can you say amen to that? It's all about God. He starts and here's what's there. Here's what he has to work with. Nothing. Chaos. Darkness. Emptiness and void. That's how scripture describes the uncreated earth. Darkness, chaos, void, and empty. If you want to shrink that down to a a microcosm, you could begin to think about the uncreated heart. How many of you all know what it feels like to describe your life as empty, formless, darkness? You know what it's like to be in that place in life? How about in a community of uncreated, chaotic people where you describe families of chaos and dysfunction? and darkness, and secrets, and lies. Here's what you have to know, is that in this kind of language, Paul is reminding them of who is doing this work of reconciliation, and how he works. So often we want God to work, but we want him to do it in our way. You, you got to know God has a way of doing his work. We're called to do the Lord's work the Lord's way. And so he has a way of doing this work. And what we have to understand is the God who created all things and did the work of creation is not only going to come and make this place a new creation and do this work of creation, and not only is he going to restore, he's going to do it in this same pattern. And how many of you remember this line? Day one, let there be what? Okay, you all with me? You, you read a couple verses of the Bible. Let there be light. And when he said it, it happened. Here's what you have to know about this first statement. God does not work in darkness. The first word that comes out of God's mouth is let there be light. And what he's showing in this as he declares let there be light is how he works. This is what he does. When he comes and starts a work of creation, the first thing he does is turn the lights on. God does not work in darkness. He does not hide in secret places. He is turning the lights on. What this does when the lights get turned on is causes all the bugs and darkness and everything to scurry back to darkness. There are so many of us who pray, God, could you come heal? Could you come close? You seem so far off. God, please come be with us. Come change us. Come help us. Come give me money. Come Pay my bills. Come heal my body. Come, come do this. Come do this. Please come and do this. And then he comes and turns the light on, and we're like, God, not that way. I want, I want you to do the work in the darkness. I don't. Could you, could you come into the dark place? Could you come and not expose me and not wake me up and not shine on me? Could you just heal me? 
could you just help me? And then we get angry when God comes and answers our prayer. Because when he comes, he turns the light on. Why does he turn the light on? Well, here's what you have to see. He turns the light on because he is the light. That means God can't go anywhere without the light coming on because he is the light. 1 John 1.5 says this, this is the message you've heard and that we've declared to you. Here it is. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is a stark contrast, as stark as light and dark. There is no way that you can have the light on and it still be dark. It is an impossibility, and this is what he is showing us. God is light, so if he's going to come, the light comes. You see, this pattern continued not just at creation, but when Jesus comes into the world. John chapter 1 talks about him coming into the world and the word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst them, and he came as a light into darkness, and the, the people didn't receive him. John chapter 8, Jesus makes it really clear, just in case you're confused. I am the light. I'm the light of the world. And whoever follows me cannot walk in darkness. Because I'm the light of life. You'll have the light of life. Here's what he says. You can't be a follower of Jesus and be in darkness. Because he is light. You can't be near him and be in darkness. Y'all got quiet all of a sudden. It's impossible. He cannot change his very nature and who he is. If we're going to be near him, we are going to be in the light. This is why we separate from him when we want to be in darkness. And then we say, God, come in, but leave your light. You will not be near God, nor will you be near his family, because his family is light. Here's, here's what you have to understand. There's a reason why people who are in darkness don't want to be in a family of light. There's a reason. Because they're seen. They're fully seen. They're fully known. So they hide and talk bad about the light. Because they're seen. God is light, which means you are light. You cannot be close to God and not be light. Here's what happens. Look at verse 8 in the verses we've been reading. Verse 8 says this, You were once darkness, but now you are light. He doesn't just say you're in the light. He says you are light in the Lord, so live as children of light. Literally, it becomes a part of your DNA. You are the light. 
Sounds something like what Jesus said to his disciples. You've been walking with me. You've been close to me. I am the light. Just so you know, you're the light. You're the light of the world. You're built on a hill. You cannot be hidden. Don't try to hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. One of my favorite children's songs, right? It's the part I get to yell at kids. Hide it under a bushel? No! Whoa, sorry. I'm going to let it shine, shine, shine. Why? Because it, 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 it speaks to the very nature. Light cannot be hidden. It can't be hidden. When we are the light and want to be in hidden dark places, it can't happen. We're surrounded by light. We are light. In the same way, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and be like, you're awesome. <laughs> they'll glorify your Father who is the Father of light. They'll see the DNA of the Father in you. They'll see the light shining through you and go, I know who your daddy is. God is light. You are light. But what you have to see is that if we're going to walk in the light, I can already hear our oppositions. Well, that disqualifies me because I do dark things. I do very dark things, and I, and I don't want anybody to know about it. And we understand that the reason why we hate the light when we are in darkness is because it exposes. Now, I got my magic pen, and I got the words to the verse up on the screen. And if you get your Bible in front of you, I think it would be a good idea for us to meditate on these scriptures together. I'm going to highlight, I'm going to underline some things, and I'm going to yell at you for a little bit. How about that? Have nothing to do with darkness. Here's what he says. Have nothing to do with darkness. He said, put off, put on, strive to live in this unity. Have nothing to do. This is what he's been running at. Here's how he's running. Have nothing to do with darkness, but rather expose it. Here's what light does. It exposes the darkness. Whether we like it or not, Wherever we go as a child of light, we're exposing dark places. And we wonder why darkness doesn't want to be around us. It's hard to fit in when you're shining. People are constantly upset. They're frustrated. And in this reality, we're saying have nothing to do and don't even partner, the text says, with darkness. It's even shameful to mention, to mention in the light, boast in the light about things that are dark. 
Here's why. But everything exposed by the light becomes two things. And I want you to look at this. Visible and light. Here's what happens when something comes into the light. It's exposed and transformed. It's exposed and transformed. When something comes into the light, it's fully seen and becomes light. See, y'all love to focus big time on why you don't want to come into the light is because you don't want to be exposed. <laughs> the problem with this is you're only looking at one element of what light does. Yes, it exposes, but it also turns it into light. It becomes light. The things that you are so afraid and the people that are so afraid to come into the light of the gospel because they're going to be exposed for all their sins and they would rather just be in darkness and participate in darkness and, and do all the things that Wayne and I preached about last week. All the things, all the, the sexual immorality and the covetousness and the greed and the idolatry. All the things that you would just, I'm going to go and be in the darkness because if I'm in the light, I feel bad about all these things and all of it's exposed and we want to just leave it in the darkness because that's where it stays. But the problem is, unless it comes into the light to be exposed, it can never be transformed. Can't change. That could be enough, but we're going to go to 1 John. Go to 1 John 5, 1, and we're going to look at 5 through 10. And I, I want you to, you could see it on the screen, but I, I'd love for you to get it in your Bibles. 1 John. John now is repeating this same idea. This is the message which we've heard and which we've declared to you. God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. He makes it an impossibility for God and darkness to be in the same place. So, if we claim, here it is, to have fellowship, so we say, you know what, I'm so close to God, I'm fellowshipping with him, and me and him are tight, we homies. If I say I have fellowship with him, yet I'm in darkness, we lie. Now there's going to be another lie in a minute, but I want you to see this. We lie. And do not live out the truth, but, thank God for the but, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, what happens? Fellowship with one another. I know many of us just want fellowship with Jesus. I know, I know we hate these verses. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Stop, pause, forget the rest. Who cares about loving your neighbor, loving others? He even starts with, we have restored fellowship with one another as the family of God, and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. His Son, the Father, the blood of Jesus. Here's what happens. 
when you come into the light, we just talked about this in Ephesians, when you come into the light, you are fully exposed and fully covered. You see, the reason you were in darkness is because you thought darkness covered you, but it just kept you blind. You thought you were covered, but you just weren't seen. The reason you stay in darkness is because you are trying to cover yourself, but when you come in the light, you're fully exposed with all of your junk, but you get a better covering. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus washes over you and cleanses you and purifies you, and the warmth of God's precious sun comes and wraps around us and we are fully covered. We are fully exposed, but we are fully covered, which means you are fully seen and fully loved. Because his blood covers you. Hear me on this, church. The reality of why we stay in darkness is because we are trying to find covering. but you're lying to yourself because you're actually not covered. You're actually fully seen. You know where scripture says you're fooling yourself? Everybody else sees it. You're just in darkness. Like I can't even see my hands in front of my face. You can't hide it. You can't cover it. You're looking to be covered and you are fully exposed and you're fully seen and you're hiding in dark places and you're breaking all of your family relationships, nobody around you. You don't want to be close to anybody because then you'll be fully seen. Your family relationship is destroyed and your relationship with Jesus is destroyed and he's offering you a better covering. The blood. Hear me on this. The blood is applied in the light. Not in the darkness. I love that we sang, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Church, we realize that in the light, we are fully seen. But we are fully loved. And then it continues in 1 John If we claim, here's another claim that people like to have, we are without sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And if we claim we have not sinned, we make who? Him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. You see, in the light, the only sin is saying you don't have it. You don't have sin. You see, in my family, I tell my kids often, listen, whatever 
darkness, whatever sin, whatever brokenness, whatever it is, bring it to me. Yes, it will be painful. Yes, it will be hard to deal with. Yes, we can wrestle with it. Yes, we can talk about it. But the only thing I cannot deal with is you hiding from me and you lying to me and you acting like nothing is wrong. And this is what the Father is saying to those who say they're in the light and don't have sin. Church, this is why it is impossible for this kind of fellowship if we walk around thinking walking in the light means we don't sin. <laughs> because many of you, including myself, would go, uh, then I obviously am in the darkness because I've done horrible things. We could go down the list. Walking in the light is not that we don't sin. Matter of fact, walking in the light is confessing that we do. And that it's out in the light. And we're covered by the blood. And we're not walking around acting like we got all our stuff together. Church, can I, let me, let, let me just try to help. There is a real problem with reconciliation amongst the family of God. And there's many barriers that keep us separated from each other. Okay? There's been huge ones in our country that have also been massively exposed in the church. This has been a long time, but there's a lot of sexual perversion that's been out in the world. There's been a lot of opportunities for people to bring awareness. You know what awareness means? It's taking things that were in the dark and trying to make people aware of what's been there. You've seen things like hashtag me too. You've seen all these realities of people and women and, and that have been abused, that have been hiding and in shame and in broken places. And, and then, and then uh, uh, we just go, man, that's, that's horrible. That's, that's sad. That's, that, that's me. But, but the reality is then we look at the church and then hashtag the church too. There's been all these realities. And here's what, here's what I'm going to tell you is that that should spur in us one response. And that's repentance. Not walking around acting like we haven't done that. Because there are many who have been abused and the biggest frustration is that those who have abused them act like they haven't. And that it actually doesn't exist. And they're the crazy ones. Where this says that the church's response, in order to not make God a liar, is to know that the only way for my Sexual sins and brokenness to truly be dealt with and transformed is not to act like I don't have it, but expose it to the light and repent of sin and confess it. And we go around acting like, well, you know, it's not, come on, we've gotten better. 
I know, I know. You guys hate me talking about this stuff, right? There's an, thank you, whoever that was. There's another reality. And we've been talking about this, and Paul's been addressing this, and some of y'all have gotten real frustrated and think we talk about it too much. And I say, we haven't even dipped our toes into it. But the reality of the divide of racism in our country and in our world and in our churches. And the biggest frustration is when we walk around as the church and act like it doesn't exist. We act like it's just, oh, it's weird. that was back then. This is now, we're better. We're going. And he's going, you can't even, in the light, you should be able to see it and expose it and be covered by the blood of Jesus. We're never going to be reconciled as a family and in our relationship to the Father. That's not going to happen when we're walking around acting like it's not even there. You're blind. You're in darkness. You want to know how reconciliation between all nations, tribes, and tongues is going to take place? Is when we all come into the light. And we're exposed for our hate and our sin and our brokenness. And we're all covered by the blood of Jesus. And you see enemies being reconciled. And you see people walking in reconciliation with each other. Because here is where the light of the gospel shines. And the world sees that we're covered by the blood. Here's what I need you to hear today. Nothing you have done can separate you from him. And nothing you have done can separate you from us. Nothing you have done can separate us. Nothing you have done can separate us from God. All that Jesus has done is reconciling. Nothing we have done can separate us. Only if you hide. Only if you're living in darkness. Only if you won't come into the light and become the light. So what does Paul then say to the church of Ephesus? He says to them, look, expose it, confess it, bring it into the light because the gospel is big enough to deal with all of our brokenness, all of our pain, all of our sin. And as we're striving along with Jesus to walk into this new family, this new creation, we're working with him as a father, a part of the light. We become a part of his work of reconciliation. We're walking as the family of God. Let's keep exposing, keep showing those things in our, that, are in, that are, are supposed to be in darkness, Bring them into the light and let the blood of Jesus cover us. And, and because of that, nothing we have done can separate us. Many of us could say, man, I've done too much. I've hurt too many. I can never see reconciliation. That's because you're trying to cover yourself rather than be in the blood of Jesus. Church, this reality calls you to be exposed and covered by a better covering. And Paul screams out at the end of this, Wake up! <laughs> now listen, I love sleeping in the same room and sleeping with my wife, right? For all of those things and all they mean. 
But when I wake up in the morning, right next to her side of the bed is the bathroom door. It's a small little room. And if I got to get ready at 4.30 in the morning or 5 or whatever, going to do something, whatever, I open that door and the light comes out and she becomes a whole nother person, right? <laughs> Shut that door! Get with you! Get you! Why you got away? You know, and I do the same thing. My kids walk in. I'm trying to get a good Sunday nap. I just preached at y'all. I show you how much I love you. They walk in, and I'm threatening their lives. <laughs> there is nothing worse than being woken up from a dead sleep. And I say dead sleep because that's what Paul says. Wake up! Not just wake up. Get up! And shine. Here's what he's saying. Rise up. Wake up. Confess your sins. Expose your sins. Walk in the light while it's still day. Look into the face of Jesus. Because here's what's happening. He says, redeem the times. Don't waste the time. Walk wise. Don't sleep. Because here's what happens when you sleep. Time flies when you're sleeping. Can you all say amen to that? You ever woke up from a 20-minute power nap and realized it was five hours, right? <laughs> Why? You literally didn't know how fast time was passing because you were in a dead sleep. There are many of us who, when we walk into the light, not only see and are exposed of all the sin and darkness, but it's exposed how much time we've wasted and how much time has passed by that we've been hiding rather than being seen and loved. So what's Paul doing? He's, he's my inspiration today. I could not even express how much I love you guys and how much I truly want to see all of you living in the light of the gospel and being transformed into his very image. I want you to not be living in fear and shame and brokenness. I don't want you to think that there's anything that you've done that could have separated you from God's love or even our love. I, I want you to know it, church. I have laid in bed for days. I would leave the stage after preaching because I didn't have the light of the gospel shining on me. I was believing lies. I was hiding from people. I was walking away. I, was, I didn't live this reconciled life. I would preach, walk off the stage, go home and go to sleep on Sunday and wake up on Tuesday. And my wife would try to wake me up throughout that time and go, get up, get up, babe. And I would get so angry, just let me sleep it off, thinking that if I could just sleep, it would all go away. Church, I'm telling you that when I say, wake up, rise and shine and give God the glory. My mom used to sing that when she'd wake us up. Rise and shine, give God the glory. I would get so mad at her. <laughs> Why? Because I wanted to sleep. I wanted to sleep. 
And some of you could hear this as a wake-up call and hear, rise up, get up, stop wasting time, and be thankful. And others of you, like a rebellious teenager, could roll over and pull the covers back over your head. And the only thing I can't do is push you out of the darkness. But hear this, I'm calling to you. I'm calling you out of darkness. God's calling you to come into the light. To be fully seen and fully transformed. But you can't do that in dark places. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.